be. His mercy is stronger. And I love that phrase, new every morning. We need fresh supplies of grace every day. Thank God that where sin abounds, there does grace much more abound. Well, we're back in Luke's Gospel. And uh, verses 15 and 16 in particular, I'd want to focus on this morning. And here they are. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. John answered them all saying, I baptise you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So if I had a title for this morning's sermon, it would be, interestingly, the, the temptation and the response of John the Baptist. The temptation and the response of John the Baptist. And we have much to learn from these Verses I found them very challenging. First of all, and simply the scene uh, that uh, is around these particular verses. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, he is the preacher and uh, he's preaching in the wilderness. Uh, he's nothing much to look at. Uh, he has um, a camel hair cloak and a leather belt. And uh, he's preaching in the wilderness. So it's not a fancy church. It's a barren wilderness that he's preaching in. But great crowds come to hear what he is saying. Verse 7, he said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him. Verse 10, and the crowds asked him. John the Baptist, despite his uh, austere appearance and the barren surroundings, He's knowing an, an immense popularity. The crowds are flocking to hear this particular preacher. And the preaching isn't particularly attractive in and of itself. Uh, the things that he's saying are very powerful, very pointed and very straight. Uh, he looks at those coming to him to be baptised and calls them snakes. You brood of vipers. He's preaching about the coming wrath. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? God is wrathful against sin. God's wrath is his settled opposition against sin. And his wrath is being revealed. And there's a day coming when the, it will be the day of the wrath. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? If you're saying you've repented, where's the evidence in your lives? It's a very powerful and a very pointed message that he has. But it's also a very practical message. The people are challenged, what then shall we do? And he gives them some very practical examples. He who has two cloaks should share with him who only has one. He who has food should share with he who doesn't have any food. The tax collectors want to know what they should do. And the soldiers want to know what they should do. And... Uh, John the Baptist is very, very practical in his preaching. So there's the scene. Barren wilderness, great crowds, 
powerful, pointed preaching. But then here comes the temptation that John the Baptist faces. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Christ. He is the great messianic expectation for Israel. God had long promised he would send a Messiah, uh, the Christ who would come into the world and rescue and redeem his people. And there's been silence for 400 years in the scriptures, but now here comes one preaching in the wilderness, a powerful message. And the people are wondering, and not just some of them, we're told here, all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. Is this the Christ? And here's where I feel that uh, John the Baptist has a great temptation coming his way. All the people are thinking, is this the one? Is he the one? And the temptation that John the Baptist has now to believe the, the, the hype and to believe the opinions of the people. Am I the Christ? That powerful temptation that comes the way of John the Baptist. So easy perhaps to give in to that, his popularity uh, at the moment. But this temptation that comes the way of John the Baptist through the people, it's devilish. It comes from the pit of hell itself. And it comes to you and I so often that we might consider that we are anything at all and that we might consider we deserve more out of this life than we get comes from the very pit of hell. The devil himself fell under this particular temptation, one of pride, one of thinking more highly of himself than he ever should. In Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12, we have uh, these words about the fall of one who was called Lucifer, son of the dawn. Isaiah 14 and verse 12 how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. And similarly, in the prophecy of Ezekiel, chapter 28 and verse 14, speaking of uh, Lucifer, you were appointed a guardian cherub. I placed you on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in all your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. 
and I cast you down to the ground. Here is Satan. There he is, an archangel in glory, beautiful on the mountain of God. But pride is found in his heart. I will make myself like the Most High. I will take my throne above that of the Lord God. And he is cast down to earth. And he will constantly try to make you and I feel we deserve more. And we are somebody in and of ourselves. And this is a temptation from the pit of hell. And John the Baptist hearing the people, maybe he is the Christ. All the people are thinking this. Is this the Christ? John the Baptist could be tempted to think, well, maybe, maybe, just maybe, I am. And he is mere dust of the earth. What about you and me? Are we ever tempted to feel and to think we are more than we are? It's always good and right and proper to remember I am no more than the dust of the earth. But maybe I can begin to think, maybe I am somebody special. Maybe I can believe the hype. Maybe I deserve more. Maybe as a preacher I deserve more recognition. Maybe you as a believer in your station in life and the I and the me can rise up. Whoever we are, we are no more than the dust of the earth. A dusty van driver, a dusty teacher, a dusty engineer, a dusty accountant, dust. He is dust now preaching a gospel message. How could I possibly be proud? But you're a fine preacher. Who made me a, a fine preacher? Who you, You've got a wonderful voice. Who gave you your voice, oh man? But you've studied hard. Who gave me the mind uh, to study? Uh, dust, dust. But God has so worked on this dust, he's given it new life. I didn't find it myself. He, he gave it to me. All that I have, he gave me. All that I am, he made me. All that I ever hoped to be, Jesus alone can do for me. How could dust ever be proud? But the temptation comes. Oh, you've got a wonderful voice. Yes, yes. And it ought to be more recognized. Aren't I wonderful? No, no. God is wonderful. Who gave you your voice, skills, abilities? God gives them all. We are only dust. And here's John the Baptist a powerful, could this be the Christ? Maybe I am. Maybe I am. The temptation can come to you and I too. To any believer, the temptation is always there. But now look at the response of John the Baptist and learn from the response of John the Baptist. Verse 16, while they're all thinking in their hearts, that he might be the Christ, John answered them all. He leaves nobody in doubt. If there's a little cluster thinking, he'll go to them as well and make it very clear to them, individuals, groups, and the whole crowd. He raises his voice. He answers them all saying, I baptize you with water. 
John the Baptist has a right view of himself. What am I doing, says John the Baptist? I'm, I'm baptizing you with water. My baptism is mere water. All I can do is wash the outward body only. I'm commanded to do this. It's necessary to do this. Yes, it's necessary. But it is so very limited. I wash the outward body. It is a picture. It's a physical picture, certainly, of glorious, glorious truths. If you feel it's right to be baptized now, and it's a command from Jesus Christ Himself, believe and be baptized. It's merely a picture, but it's to be obedient to a command. It's a picture of the washing away of sin. So the outward body is washed. That's all that the water does. That's all that John the Baptist could do. But it's a picture of an inward washing away of sin. Baptism is a picture of dying to self as you go down into the waters. And John the Baptist would say, well, I'm baptizing you with water and in water. It's a picture of washing away sin. It's a picture of dying to yourself. It's a picture of rising again to newness of life. Oh, I baptise you with water, says John the Baptist. It's a helpful picture, but it's only an outward picture. Me, the Christ, the Messiah, certainly not. No, the very best I can do and the very best I must do is to be a willing channel. I'm just dust that's being used by the Lord of glory. Later on in Luke's gospel, I don't know how far we will get before I, not retire remember, step down from being pastor at St. Melon's Baptist Church. But here in Luke chapter 17, no chance of reaching Luke chapter 17 in in that time. We've been two years to uh, cover most of three Chapters, there's so much here. Luke 17 and verse 7. Now, you might be offended at these words. You might think Jesus goes too far here. Friend, he he puts it exactly right. Now, listen to these words. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Oh, come at once and recline at the table. Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded to do? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded You should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Every Christian, just dust, saved dust, refined dust. We become willing servants. Any gift or ability is from him, and I use them all to serve him to the glory of God. A right view of myself is that I am mere dust. Oh, is he the Christ? What a powerful temptation comes his way. 
There are many preachers who believe the hype. That congregations say to them, oh, you're wonderful, you're marvellous. And for a few months, oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 not, not me. Thank the Lord, don't, don't thank me. And, but they keep on saying, oh, how wonderful. And then they're at conferences and then they write books and they, they take off and then they're on the television. And my friends, they believe the hype. They really believe they are somebody. But it's not only preachers. Any Christian can fall under that temptation. I deserve more. Why aren't I being recognized when really I ought to say, after I have done all, I am only an unprofitable servant of the Most High God. A right view of self is absolutely essential, but that's only half the battle. Now we come to the positive. The rest of verse 16. John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water. Yes, I do baptize. That's all I've been sent to do. It's, it's outward, it's external, and it's only a picture. But now he does something wonderful. He points. He points towards Jesus. Away from self. To Jesus. Away from self. To the Lord of glory. But... He who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John the Baptist, I am not the Christ. And then he points away from himself to the one who is coming. It's not me, it is Jesus he points towards the Lord himself. He is now a signpost, not me, him. When Jesus arrives on the scene, in John's gospel, we're told that John the Baptist lifts up his voice and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist, no, I'm not the Christ. I am merely a signpost pointing towards the Christ. And every true believer, for you, for me, here in the chapel, for you who are sitting at home, if you are a Christian, you are a signpost in a dark, dark world that doesn't know the way, people lost knowing not who they are, where they've come from, where they're going, you and I are to point the way. We are signposts towards the Saviour, Jesus Christ. And I would plead with myself and plead with you and urge you to be a clear signpost. Don't be obscure. Be bold and be clear. I became pastor here in uh, September 2000, but for... Many years before that, I was uh, invited to occasionally fill uh, the pulpit. I think for a number of years I, I'd been coming, and I think the, um, the officers worked out that before I became pastor, I'd preached here on 50 uh, different occasions. But I'd made my way from the heath where I lived and coming towards St. Melons, and I didn't know the area very well, up Rumney Hill and along, and then down towards uh, St. Melons. But apparently I was told... There's a signpost as you come down 
uh, the hill into uh, Old St. Melons. There's a signpost that tells you where St. Melons Baptist Church is. But when I was coming in the 1990s, that signpost, you remember it being put up there? I'm sure you do. was obscured. Uh, branches and trees had grown around it. And when you did look carefully, you could see it, but it was very, very grimy and covered in slime uh, and green. But then eventually the council uh, trimmed back the trees and cleaned the signpost. And now as you come down the hill towards St. Melons, you can see clearly St. Melons Evangelical Baptist Church. Now what do people see in you and I? As we leave the chapel building, as we go about our business, as you drive your van tomorrow, as you do your engineering tomorrow, do your teaching, as you're in the shopping uh, queue, as you're going about your daily life, are you a living signpost? Are you clear of all clutter? Have you been cleaned up? Are you bright and clear and plain? Jesus Christ My life declares it, and when you have the opportunity, your lips declare it too. Are you like the sign as it is now on the road saying St. Melon's Evangelical Baptist Church, or are you like it used to be? Do you grumble with the world? Are you scared like the world? Do you mourn like the world? Do you demand your rights like the world? And when you're given the opportunity to speak, do you fluff your lines? You and I ought to be pointing away from self. It's not about me and my lot in this world. It's all about Jesus, who he is and what he has done. Oh no, it's not me, says John the Baptist. I can only only wash uh, the outward person. But there's one coming, there's one coming. Oh, and he's going to do such a work, such a work. Him. He is mightier than I, says John the Baptist. This Greek word, strong, exhibiting many excellencies. Me? I tell you what, he says, when when he comes, oh, he's so mighty, so, so wonderful, so awesome, I'm not even worthy of doing the most menial tasks for him. And we get Christians, why, why can't I be uh, a such and such? Why can't I? How come I haven't been? Oh, said John the Baptist, I, I'm preaching here, but I'll tell you, I, 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 I can't see what I'm just dust. And, oh, I, I'm not even worthy to undo his, his, the, the latch of his sandal, his, his mucky sandals covered in dung. Preaching? I, I don't... I, I, I'm not even worthy to stoop down and dirty my fingers on his dung-filled sandals. That's how great he is. Unworthy. You see, true humility we cannot force. It comes from a right view of me and a right view of him. And unless I see who I am, dust, how can dust be proud? Unless I see him for who he is, the ineffable one, the creator of the rolling spheres, the eternal one who leaves the depths of glory to come to this sad planet and take on board humanity and be humiliated and spat upon and ridiculed and rejected and despised and nailed to a Roman cross and crucified and God the Father pouring my sin 
and the penalty for my sin upon him. Well, this brings true humility. When I gaze at myself, what about me? Why haven't I got this and that? I deserve more. When I look at him, I deserve nothing. And yet I have all things in him. True humility. A right view of him, a right view of me. My friends, John the Baptist exhibited humility because he's looking at Jesus Christ. You and I, we start off humble. When you become a Christian, the only way you come is by humility. God have mercy on me, a sinner. But do we stay humble? You've got to stay humble. Be and stay humble. How? Gaze on him. A final comment for this morning. Or says, John, I, I, did an outward ba- I do an outward baptism. It's all external. But there's one coming whose baptism is real. It's real. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire. Mine is water. His is fire. Mine is water. His is spirit. His baptism is real. It reaches the parts I cannot. The baptism of Jesus Christ Hits the inner man. Two things I mentioned this morning about this baptism. It's a baptism of regeneration, of new life. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes to an individual. Maybe you're watching now on YouTube. As the gospel is declared, it's the Holy Spirit who plants new life in your soul, the very depth of your being. You see, the Bible is very clear. We are not sick, we are dead in our transgressions and sins. We cannot make a move towards God in our natural state. We are dead dust, dead dust. And we're under the wrath of God and judgment is all that we can expect for our sin and our rebellion against the divine holiness. And yet in His mercy, and here's the gospel, God has had mercy on dust He sends His Son to become dust. The glorious, ineffable Creator of the heavens and the earth becomes one of us. That's the incarnation. Why has He come? To take away the sins of the world. We can't do it. We're born in iniquity and in sin. And we live in it. And we offend God. We break His law. We go our own way. And there's no way we can give life to ourselves. We can't born ourselves again. But Jesus lives a perfect life. Never did anything wrong. And then he dies the death that I deserve. He rose again from the dead to prove that it's all true. And if I simply trust on the Lord Jesus Christ, my sin is paid for on Calvary, and I receive as a gift the new life, the perfect life of Jesus Christ covers me. And I am forgiven. And my sins, they are many, and His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. And as this gospel is preached, the Holy Spirit comes in His work of regenerating power, and He plants life where there is currently death. And for many years, you might have heard the gospel and uh, rejected it. But once the Holy Spirit has done His work, suddenly you find that you can believe. How is it anybody could believe the gospel? 
because God has done a prior work. It's called regeneration. It's called new life. You must be born again. And once you have this new life, when you hear the gospel, oh, how you respond with repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, regeneration. So me here this morning, I'm speaking words. They're only outward words. They mean nothing to you sitting at home. They mean nothing to you in the building. If it's just mere words, I can only speak words that hit your ears here. They go through the, this uh, little system and the incus malleus and stapes vibrate and, uh, and then, oh, the auditory nerve is uh, stimulated and uh, the, this, this thing, this thing called a brain can, can decipher vibrations and the words I'm saying, you understand this, it's an am- wow, I can just say wow, but that's all I can do. But there's one amongst us who's able to reach the inner parts, who can actually stimulate the ears of your soul. (laughs) And he can open your eyes so the eyes of your soul can see the beauty of Jesus, the sinfulness of yourself. And so Paul says, well, when I came preaching to you, it wasn't only with words. But it was also with Now I'll mention sanctification and we'll come to a conclusion. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell within the new believer and he begins to do something very, very wonderful. When I trust in Christ, I am credited as righteous, but I'm still a sinner. And the Holy Spirit starts to clean me up little by little. My language, my habits, my attitudes, my disposition is fundamentally change from self to to God and this is called newness of life and it ought always to be fresh and new that new car smell that fresh ground coffee fresh baked bread Friday at about 6 30 as those biscuits go in the oven kids that lovely smell of new baked biscuits they soon go stale though and the car can smell like an old car and the coffee can I left the coffee pot on the on the side for a week you lift the top off it's gone green mold I wouldn't drink that, wouldn't drink that. Are you worth drinking, Christian? Are you a mouldy Christian? Are you a stale Christian? Are you an old car Christian? Newness of life, newness of life. Always hope to be new. Keep the signpost clear. Keep looking to Jesus. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit that you might be changed from glory into glory. It's all about Jesus. Me? I just baptized with water. There's one coming. I can't even, I'm not worthy, but I'm doing this, but I'm not worthy to do this. But I am doing this, but I'm not worthy even to do this. He will baptize with the, he'll do the real thing. He's the real deal. He's Jesus, not me. It's him. Never elevate self. There's a false humility. Oh, no, not me, not me. But there's a real humility that knowing Christ brings. It's very winsome. Very attractive and very, very powerful. It's not me, it's him. Are you saved? If not, it's Jesus who you need. You need to be saved. Are you saved? You say, yes, I am saved. Then point to Jesus. Point to Jesus. Tis all my business here below to cry, behold the Lamb. Next week, God willing, we will look at another work of the Holy Spirit. I baptize you with water, says John. 
But I tell you, there's one who, when he comes, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We looked at regeneration. We thought briefly about sanctification. We'll think about another work of God the Holy Spirit next Sunday morning, God willing. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this brief time in your word. Thank you for the faithful ministry of John the Baptist withholding and withstanding in your grace and your strength the pressure to be something that he was not. We thank you he was faithful and pointed to what Jesus Christ is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We pray that any here now or listening at home who are not yet saved might trust in Jesus Christ. And if we are already saved, may we make it our business to stay humble and to point towards the Saviour of the world, Jesus Christ. To God be the glory, always we pray. Amen.